0: irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you
1: but i do think that you know the team would have bought in more into what coach carroll was saying instead of you know going the opposite way of hey this is what we thought we this is what we thought the 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 foundation of the team was and that's not what happened in that in that particular play so i think guys started kind of questioning him a little more, Hmm. more so than actually following his lead if we would have won that super bowl
2: David. Football. Football, David. The Dave Damaschek
3: Football Program.
4: Available on Apple Podcasts
3: and at
4: NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damaschek.
3: Oh, yes. That's just a little teaser for you. With uh, Seahawks, great, just retired. And also, speaking of retired, his jersey is retired in the digital wall of fame here in Studio 66. That's Cliff Averill, our pal, coming to Seattle airwaves and uh, dropping a little bit of a bomb here in the offseason by saying that had the Seahawks done the right thing, and I think uh, we can put that in quotes, but I think most football fans agree that uh, they should have handed the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, scored the touchdown. Won their second straight Super Bowl. Who knows what might have awaited them as it was, though. Cliff Averill says that the locker room started to really doubt Pete Carroll after that, and they uh, stopped, stopped listening to his message. We'll have the full interview for you coming up in just a minute. In the meantime, hi and hello, and welcome to the DDFP. I hope all's well wherever you are. Coming off a Memorial Day weekend grand times here in Studio 66, seated to my immediate left, all the way from London, England, And I guess he can still celebrate Memorial Day. That's something everybody can get behind. He is our resident Miami Dolphins fan. It's Handsome Hank.
5: Hank. Hank. He's handsome. He's handsome. He's handsome. handsome
3: Hello, Handsome. How are you? I'm very well, thank you,
5: Dave. How are you? I'm I'm fine. And listen.
3: News all over the place. Right. We have, uh, you know, st- stuff that extends beyond the world of sport and into the game of life. Mm-hmm. Roseanne pulled from the airwaves. Rightly so. You think that's the right? Probably thing Probably should to never do? have
5: come back onto the airway. <laughs> that would have been the better. Then we wouldn't have had any of this.
3: I right, listen. We can kibitz about that. This is uh, we're we're recording Tuesday midday, so uh, so we'll weigh in on that. But I also want to talk about something that is. Uh, you know, more trivial, but certainly something that sports fans love to kibitz about, and that's the nature of dynasties and what goes into a dynasty, news from more than one patriot now that it's not fun, so is it worth it to be on a dynasty in exchange for it being a miserable time, apparently, according to, to more than one patriot. And Kevin went, Durant, a lot of people out there, oh, what a well, he joined one, so shame the devil on him. You know where I come down on that. I want to dig in on that subject. Yep. I
5: wonder on the, the Cliff Averill bite that Emma uh, dropped in at the top there, if if Patriots players are feeling the same way about Bill Belichick based on, on his um, sort of crazy... Uh, decision during Super Bowl with Malcolm Butler exactly.
3: yes and some uh, a Patriots fan floated that very question to me and oh. uh, so so we can dig in on that one meantime let's say hello to the man seated to handsome Hanks immediate left here he is he's an emerging star here in the in the DDFP land I think he gets high marks correct me if I'm wrong uh, Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass you give Cole right high marks
2: Oh, I'm a huge Cole guy. Yeah. Are you really? Oh, You're yeah. a huge Pickle Cole him. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, C- the calendar. shows are always the shows are always just fun with him, and he and he just fits in right. Like a little bit of sports and a lot of other stuff. And well, and also you, ba-
3: but and and then that provides a nice balance because we like to have everybody's opinions represented here. Emma VP, not a Cole Wright fan.
2: Wow.
4: So- <laughs> That is, that is false, false information damage right. Wow. Well, I mean it was like a punch in the I'm mouth. a
0: big coal guy.
3: You're a big coal guy as well. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I
0: didn't know that. Okay. If that's right. I stand corrected.
3: We don't have
5: a song do. for Cole, right? I know i don't. Cole, right. Cole. Do you could you maybe I'm mean, just on the spot, could you sing something for us about Cole? Yeah, Since I can't you're such a big yeah. fan, you probably have that's, thought of something that's like that's unnecessary. Luck. Come luck. on, MVP. let's do something. He's, something. He's Cole. He's all right. Can I tell you something? I've recently I've recently
3: become aware. Recently, become aware, and I, I have a hunch that the rest of the world soon going to find out about this same talent, Emma VP, a great rap, a great fan, great enthusiast about <laughs> hip hop. Yeah, knows, really? knows that this, right? that, and everything under the sun about it. Buster Rhyme,
4: M O V P. do big make, <laughs> uh,
2: make,
3: make up for what you, you said about hard. him S- when he wasn't 16 around? Sixteen
4: bars, like like like, no. like like Le'Veon Bell, perhaps?
1: No. Uh, Anything? I'm a big fan of hip hop,
2: but yeah. not you, right now.
3: Can you just sing like just just turn "coal" the word "coal" into a song?
2: I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. Oh. How about "right"?
3: Could
5: you do either of them? No. You sing
3: it's a, the d- right. Dean Martin singing Bolari over there. I don't what know. What's your song? What can we get the one-man house band Dick Banks to
4: make for you? I don't know, man. I, 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 you put me on the spot with that one. Oh, yeah. No, what wonder, my, what no my, wonder you're what so my popular with spaghetti. Maybe
3: Emma was right <laughs> what, about you. What, what would my theme <laughs> song
4: be? I mean, I, I, I don't no, really know. No, what's your
3: favorite kind of music? What no, I'm, a, I'm a there? hip-hop
4: fan, but I'm a fan of all genres. As, as you know, we, we've had many musical I know. discussions. Hip-hop, What? but you like you kind of skew old school. old school. You're not a fan early, of the last... Early 90s, mid-90s. Emma, I mean, that's Quest giving style. you something to think about. Got it, yeah. You know, okay. Okay. That'll of, be really that helpful nature. for
2: me in my creative <laughs>
3: process. Yeah.
4: Hey, yeah. you know, I've told you <laughs> Emma folks, might lay down sixteen bars. You never know. I, I I know she has it in her. Here's what makes me
3: here's it. here's a little something that makes me it, it doesn't make me cool, but it mm. it creates the perception. Just anecdotes like this. I saw a Tribe Called Quest on New Year's E or New Year's Day mm. night. Okay. <laughs> New Year's night, in other words, in Chicago, uh play a show in nineteen
5: ninety six mm. in Chicago.
3: How about that? Sounds That's pretty spicy. cool. Yeah. That was yeah. a good one. Yeah,
5: that doesn't make you cool. You're right.
3: No, it doesn't, uh, but it but it, it but those anecdotes make bit. it seem right. like well he's yeah. been around. He's
5: yeah, maybe he could be cool. Cool Jason.
3: Right. Culture. It's culture. Right. Yeah. Cool yeah. adjacent. Best yeah. show you've cool ever adjacent. seen, Cole Wright.
4: The roots. Where? At the House of Blues in downtown Chicago. That's where I saw a Tribe yeah. Called Quartz. I saw a string of shows. I saw Most Deaf at the House of Blues. Eric Badu mm. was there. I also saw Common. Um, and, and they had, uh, In Living Color was his house band. Remember In Living Color? Sure. Vernon Reed, guitar player. Um, it was pretty pretty fantastic. But the roots, like I say, in, in a three-month span. It was just span.
3: Living Color, though.
4: That's it, true. In Living, Living color, in color was with the, a television program, the television program. Right. The television
3: program. See, uh, even cooler now. I just yeah, corrected go it right I know. He got so me. That. He got
4: me. You, know, that's you are cool. Dude. Living Color more along the lines of Fishbone, which you said is your Fishbone, like best live show of all time.
3: One, uh, top three best live no, no, shows No, no, you're pulling back. In you said Fishbone before. I saw Johnny Cash live. I saw Johnny Cash live in Chicago. I saw hmm. up in, uh, what, what's the name of the, I can't think of the name. It's the famous, uh. Um, place up on the north side of uh, Chicago, well north of uh, the metro and everything. The Vic, the no, not even the Vic, north of mm-hmm. the Vic, further up. Uh, I saw Smashing Pumpkins open for Nirvana. That was pretty. Uh, that was a, hey, yeah. a, I almost a wore historic my one. My Smashing Pumpkin
4: yeah. Siamese Dream T-shirt today. Is that? True? I was you that close. You got that kind of range. I was
3: that team. close. You go Siamese Dream. Yeah. Hmm, interesting, hey. Handsome Hank. Your greatest show.
5: My greatest show. I once uh, climbed a tree into a park in Oxford, where Radiohead played their um, return gig, coming back to to Oxford. This was probably 1990 nine let's say so
4: this is this is okay computer it just it was
5: exactly exactly that and time you were they watching it from back a tree and we there were, they that the whole park was full it was whatever the cost of a ticket i climbed up a tree and sat in a tree for something like five hours with a friend most
3: people there were burning tree you were climbing a tree
5: <laughs> yep <laughs> right yeah. R- multiple trees. Trees. Yeah. we know
3: Save. but we don't we don't have to we don't have, time cool. asking spaghetti. Again. We don't have to uh, we don't have to ask spaghetti because we know it's pearl jam uh, Pearl Jam. Wow. On 8th, uh, May 5th. I got the set list. Want me to read it? Go ahead, Spaghetti. It's Pearl Jam. I would Jammer. say
2: that, yeah, them and 09, they close up the Spectrum. <laughs> the, th- th- the, L- th- S- the third S- or fourth S- <laughs> show were good. MSG 2010, the second show, is good. Besides them, uh, Springsteen and Giant Stadium. Uh, my morning jacket oh. in Prospect oh. Park, and then I would say, I mean, sorry, Rye in the Capitol Theater at Rye, New York, upstate, and then uh, Tool in the Boston uh, TD Garden.
3: I you know, my uh, some uh, some of my pals uh, are real into Tool. It's a they're little
2: crazy. They're they're way different it's than any other band. It's a little
3: too aggro. It's a little too yep. earnest with uh,
2: with uh, some of the. You know, you know what? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I they're I was uh, at outpro- it. I heard the music. I Select taste, but like they're just they play like nine songs in like two and a half hours. It's just crazy. A little yeah. too bristly. A little, a little
3: long. I, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. M O V P. Yours.
2: I caught a great Taylor Swift show at oh. Lincoln like, Financial Field in Whoa. Philadelphia. Yeah, it was life changing.
5: Real like life changing. You know, a little niche well. thing. There. Yeah, it was just like a, just you a just you little pop up in the like, yeah. financial. My
3: nieces are on their way to see Taylor Swift today. She's a treasure. Maybe in Chicago somewhere. But anyway, she is a. Taylor
4: Swift, my morning jacket, kind of the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. I saw my morning jacket at the, the Metro in Chicago. Great show. I'd like, show. They're I'd awesome. like for Live them show.
3: to get together. Yeah, my morning jacket is good. good. Stuff. All right. So let's talk dynasties. Or do we want to go to Cliff Averill? Do you want to hear the full thing now and hear about Because he does say a lot of good stuff in there, and it's really interesting. Matter of fact, before we jump in, because that's really the nature of where these remarks came from with Cliff Averill. And, you know, it is fascinating how a play, how a game can define whether or not a team – is launched into the dynastic conversation or if they just join the ranks of, yeah, they got a Super Bowl and so now they have a Lombardi and now the stinks off the back of the QB for the rest of his career. But um, is there a lack of satisfaction from the fan base? Here's a good example of it, the one I bring up quite a bit, is how does it sit if you're a Packers fan? And you've been uh, you've been a diehard for a quarter century now, and you've gotten to see some great, great games. You've gotten to see some great moments. You can almost um, make sure you don't, but uh, you know, schedule a wedding. Well, who would do that in January anyway? Shame the uh, a maniac yeah, only would do that. Wedding. But nope. you don't make any social plans because you assume that the Packers are going to be playing in the playoffs in January. Brett Favre, one of the all-time greats. Aaron Rodgers, one of the all-time greats. But only two Super Bowls in that whole time. Same number as what Flacco and Trent Dilfer have given to the Ravens. How does that sit with uh, the nature of dynasties and uh, the importance of them and what you're willing to be a part of one, like the Patriots stuff? All this is interesting uh, conversation for me around Cliff Averill. Where, let's, let's start here, Cole Right? <laughs> Do you agree that Cliff, with Cliff Averill that – a Seahawk. If you were a member of the Seahawks, how would it sit with you now that we appear to be on the back end of what that uh, of that would be dynasty, or the fact that it's probably even wrapped up realistically at this point? The Seahawks, if they win another one, you don't even lump that in with. I think that's still. I think it's. I Like this
5: year yeah. or next year, it's still part of that same. Well, as long
3: as it's still Pete Carroll and Russell yeah, Wilson yeah, by the Belichick Brady. You can, you know, you can shove right. a
4: piece of paper through,
3: right? Okay,
5: but
4: they're not the winning
3: openings. the Super Bowl. I, th- I mean, it'd be yeah, logo they're going right. to take. It's so
4: easy for you to sit there and look down your nose at Green Bay like, uh, <laughs> only only two Super Bowl titles. Of course, the the Steelers fan over there with with all yes. those Vince Lombardi trophies. I, well, I know. Trophy I get it. Room. But
3: that's we're not talking about what it's like to be a fan of one of 32 teams. I'm talking about if you want yeah, to there's
4: be There's only the so many Super Bowl titles to go right. around.
5: Dave, you, you know, it's, it's the it's, smartest thing I've ever heard you say. They only give away one Vince Lombardi trophy right. a year. Yeah, that, as a Bears fan. In terms of dynasties, it's not that easy, because especially not. when the Patriots are so goddamn exactly. greedy – um, no one else has got room for a dynasty. I moment. Well, I agree with that. It definitely that. can't happen when there's another team having a dynasty yeah. at the same time. But this. But that goes back to the question then. If
3: you're a Seahawk, if you were a member mm-hmm. of that team, or for the people that are listening to the show, the fans of Seahawks, well, uh, wh- how does it sit with you? Do you feel satisfied by what you saw? Is it Was it enough for uh, you? No, but
4: uh. I, I also feel that you can't – I mean, I know that he said that a lot of guys felt that – that's when Pete Carroll lost the locker room and things started to go the other direction. But, I mean, he got you there by all the all the plays that he did call in in the past. And I think that, you know, when you can get somebody there, you have to think about it. It's a, a complete body of work. It's not just, oh, man, you made you, – you had one slip-up on one of your shows, Dave. You're you. – I don't know. Yeah, I think your the grasp other- on your on the DDFP it's 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 going know, off the but window. What, but okay, the other but part the pushback
3: of, it, of that is like just to trying to Ralph Branca. We know his name, although no one behind the glass knows his name, right? You don't Youngsters. know who Ralph is, Branca is right. Who's a who's another Un- good under example? Under thirty. They probably never Mitch Williams. standard wild thing. Nice. Mitch Williams. They don't
4: know who that is either. I,
3: I know they don't know who that is either. Anyway, <laughs> these are people who gave up uh, noteworthy home runs in baseball history. Yep. Whatever that whatever else they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, Scott Norwood. Scott Norwood had a good career, but you hear that name, you only know one thing. And he really cost the Bills a would-be dynasty, you could make a case. you know Because sure.
5: right. if they'd won that first one, they might not have been so tight. But I think the point is, if you're a fan of a team that isn't close to being a dynasty – everything you get so they they appeared in two Super Bowls right so they they had that period and then they had a a, what five six year window of exciting play good seasons reasons to celebrate so maybe in the moment right now you could say well we only won one Super Bowl whatever but the joy that they gave their fans over that span of the Russell Wilson Pete Carroll like that's that's what you hope for from your NFL team. I realize it comes a little too easy to you, but for people who support teams that generally fall in that nine and seven and below mark, that would be enough. Yeah. I think you'd you be have... very happy with two Super Bowl appearances and, yep. and a bunch of great games and a rivalry in your division and all that.
3: Okay, perennial with... opposite of Dynasty, the Chicago Cubs. They finally get over the hump. The world. Over-celebrates. I whoa, always whoa, whoa, loved whoa, the Cubs. Whoa, whoa, whoa. A lot of people celebrated that who had no business celebrating it. But well, all right. It was a
4: reason to celebrate.
3: I mean, yeah, I know you jumped in on the Cubs uh, <laughs> about uh, 2013. <laughs> jumped
4: 20, in. I know. Around 2014, all, all, you're all, like,
3: I like what this team's got. Oh no, I'm going to I'm gonna, all those pictures, I'm gonna be one of their
4: fans now. All those pictures of me <laughs> yeah, when I was like four years old with oh, the yeah, Cubs head on, of that, course. Good those Photoshop all, skills. Yeah, those are all Photoshopped, yeah. I know.
3: Well, where'd you play minor league ball? You weren't affiliated with the Cubs? No, it was
4: independent ball. It was in Rockford, Illinois. It has nothing to do with, with – with, I mean, you would still play for any team All no right, matter what team you is, like. But the point what if
3: the Cubs if, – if I told you it's, right now, are you satisfied if I tell you that this Cubs group dominant as they would appear to have the potential of being going forward here – are you satisfied with that one? With that one title?
4: I mean, I would like to see more, but if, if they never win another one, that's fine by me. That's the right attitude. Because the amount of, the amount of joy that was given, like, like Hank said, the amount of joy that was given to me during that run, and, and when they were in the NLCS the years before, and, and I mean, that was just something you you had that that, that, that shred of hope yeah. that they were still going to win. I, I think I think and they did. I think, did. I I think, think people best overestimate. Best baseball game I ever. I think people seven.
5: overestimate the the pain of losing in a championship. Well that's well Because because in the moment, yeah, that's awful and a bad experience. But actually on reflection, everything that got you there, like, you know, the Bills, those four Super Bowl appearances are you know, it's not like they had four. I I don't like it when people say, "Wow, poor Bills fans." You know, they lost four Super Bowls. Four's pr- four's a lot, but everything that you had bef- up until that point is all worth celebrating. I
3: don't, so really, you have that sunny disposition, or do you just say in theory? In the that moment,
5: be- in the moment, in the moment, I get that it's painful, but as you reflect on it. A little bit you removed from it.
3: What you don't want to be. Four is maybe is too me. much. You don't want to be a well, You don't want your sports. Spoiled well, in that's general. Spoiled. In general, in in all ways, you don't want to be have you. any similarity to Dave. But in, but specific to this conversation. I watch sports now. I either feel, and I know it's bad. It's not like I want this to be the case, but I can't just uh, flip a switch. I am I'm pleased when my teams win, but it's more relief. And when when they do and it's it's just disgust and sorrow and and, you get upset and and angry. angry. Well, I just get very, gets, I just get frustrated angry. by it. I no, get frustrated, and I remember slash that angry. more than I remember the titles. Just like a quarterback or a goalie or anything else, the the, the losses plague me right. much more than uh, than I get joy from.
5: The it. bar for me is so low that last season the Dolphins, in a meaningless Week 14 Monday Night game, beat the Patriots, and that was the high, that maybe was as high as um, of a moment as I had in my entire life last year. Maybe that's the way to approach wow. life. Maybe well, that's, maybe, that's maybe I wish I had year 17, yeah. not good.
3: Maybe I could start rooting for the Dolphins or something like you that. You would
5: really wow. understand what it is to be a, an actual sports just be runner. like ah whatever. whatever we
3: we won as many as we hey. lost this year hey
5: we
4: did it uh, high you fives. It. You know what would let you know if you, how 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 much of a sports fan you really are is if the Pittsburgh Pirates were in this, in the World Series.
5: And that's the point is that he, and if it came down, down to Game up,
4: Seven and like that's the that's where you're your fandom. I've been through all that.
5: I've been through it. But you grew well, up with pirate the Pirates, mean,
0: and, and now, now you've just, abandoned them completely I because for exactly the
3: the Devil. I've not. I, I abandoned them very recently in the last month or two because ownership <laughs> has every returned. Year. To, you do it every no, year. Like, they
4: have. They have announced.
3: May. I'm not interested in talking about the Pirates, but they <laughs> their ownership. <laughs> last time the Pirates is, were good.
5: <laughs>
4: right? Come
3: on. They were good. What are you talking about? They were they they were a part of history. Two seasons ago, yeah, they were pirates. Pirates, the Cubs, were Cardinals, part of and and pirates became the first teams in baseball history within the same division to have the three best records. I mean that that was uh, and they played in the wild card three straight. I don't want to talk
4: about the that pirates. That's not
3: the the I'm point. T- I'm
4: talking about like World Series aspirations. Handsome,
3: yeah, we had- handsome. We've discussed this before. And now I I have to update it because I tweeted about it on Tuesday morning. People get very upset uh, with me for having this opinion because they want to diminish, as I say, vapid cynicism is a plague on 21st century society. And boy, the cynics come out with the knives for two people as much as anyone else in sports right now. One, LeBron James, a.k.a. the greatest player of all time. Great, not because he took, not because he has those rings, but because he took bum rosters to the championships, and to the championship round, including the 07 team and this current edition. And then the other one, ironically or otherwise, or coincidentally at least, the team he's going to be playing features Kevin Durant. Another guy who people love to hate because he joined uh, what is going to go down as the greatest dynasty in NBA history. Handsome, how say <laughs> you?
5: About what? What, that whole that whole. Rant. I mean, I'm that's, not really your basketball bold. your basketball go to, but when it comes to now that we are at the finals, I think that uh, I like to see LeBron. Yeah, I agree with you. He's 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 one of the, the greatest ever, or in that argument. And it's I like seeing from a non fans perspective. I like seeing history being made. Yes, I'm not. And by the way, Cole once again, I can see Cole wants to dig in on this. All right, we'll dig
3: in on it a little bit. But are you down on? Are you a? Are you a KD hater? Not at is all. Is he a bad human being a, for doing what
4: he did? Not at all. I would have liked to have seen him stay in Oklahoma City and try to make a run at, at knocking off a team that he he had down three to one and just wasn't able to seal the deal. I would have liked to see him at least make one more year and one more push. And I understand that would have you know caused Oklahoma City to you know create a whole new contract situation for him, and he wouldn't be where he is right now with that championship. But I, I just think that you know a lot of people think that you know, like as yourself, that this Golden State team could be the, one of the best dynasties of all time. I mean, look at what Boston did back in the day. Look what Chicago did. I think that those are real dynasties. Like we were talking about when another team is is actually winning championships during your era, does that really qualify you as being a dynasty? That is LeBron reason- James has championships during this Golden State Warriors run, and he could get another one. I don't know if he's going to get it against against the Golden State Warriors this time. But
3: well, he's not going to. The Golden State's going to win that series, but it doesn't diminish the greatness of his deed. Eight straight finals is know? remarkable stuff. True. That,
4: but I, I've, I've heard, heard I've heard some pundits out there saying like LeBron's the best because look at all his top five finishes in MVP voting. Top five.
3: All right, well, I'm not, the, all right, I'm not, same, not here to like, answer not, for what. Uh, dumb people say. Yeah, it's like what
4: what said this person probably has like a wall full of like third place ribbons at the house. I mean, who's counting top 5 finishes? Mike Jordan went to six finals, six finals MVPs when he when he started winning and he started going to finals, all he did was win. There was no question. And all these game 7 stats that people are showing me for LeBron, that's cute. Mike didn't even need 7 games. All right. He didn't even need 7 all games. Right. Spaghetti, are you with me? Come on. That, no, a Knicks fan. I, I you know you know I'm my game seven. You jump games in, Knicks but fan? that's
3: absurd. To, 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 to not he didn't know. even need. Yes, let's marginalize his dominant game seven performances in in what are true. Why is he even getting games. there?
4: Why is oh, he even stop. getting there? Because
3: his teams aren't as good. They didn't have Scottie <laughs> Pippen on
2: any of them. I don't want to continue. He had more All Stars,
4: but more uh, All Stars. Uh, I'm
2: as pro LeBron as it can get. Watching him the other night. I what mean.
4: about KD? They're both amazing he's, talents.
2: He's allowed to do what he wants, and he's probably the best all-around scorer in the league. But like, like Cole said, I mean, if he stayed with the Thunder and he played with Russ there, that would be a much more fun like atmosphere story in the Western Conference to see them, you know, them, the Warriors, and the fans. Rockets go. Yeah, he could again. He could do what he wants. It's his, own, it's his choice. He could do what he wants. It's the it's the era of free agency. It's fine. But to team up with the team that beat you to me is That's, I, I don't know if I would do. I, I mean, well, then again, I don't have a, the ch- point a, that I. The point that I always a, come back. It's almost figures, like Brick but.
4: Tamlin in the in the in the Anchorman fight scene where all of a sudden he's on the uh, with the other guys with with Vince Vaughn and all those cats. It's like right. hold on a second, man, get get back over here. You're like you're on the wrong team. Uh, that
3: is the only part of it, it that they vanquished them when they had them beat. They had the Thunder had the Warriors beat. And then they they lost it, and then he turns around and joins that team. That is the only aspect of it that's, that's rough. That's a little that's a little creepy, as far as I'm concerned. But if you pull back from it and look at it, what Kevin Durant did was join, he's now the best player on the team that is going to go down. They're gonna have three rings in four seasons now. They're about to, uh, wait, was that. Wait, yeah, right, three and four. Yeah. The the fourth season they broke the record for game for for wins, and LeBron is lost, the one though. who
4: vanquished them. And they lost that year though.
3: All right, but I, I'm just telling you how it's right. going to go down in history. And LeBron, to, to say, well, Larry Bird and Magic never did that, yeah, they happened, uh, the sports gods kissed them both into great situations. When they were drafted, they were unloaded teams, so they never had to uh, d- decide to go somewhere else to win a, a gaggle of rings. All right, speaking of winning a gaggle of rings – the greatest honor that he ever received. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to be arrogant and say that. But, oh. you know, when we hung his jersey on the digital wall of fame, he seemed pretty touched by it. It's big. So much so, as we go to Cliff Averill right now, I—I I, because, I've, of course, we've already recorded it. You've heard that much already. When he walked into Studio 66, his first uh, bit was to see if we still had his jersey up there. His self-esteem issues. Well, we right take there. it down? Yeah. He had to check, like, what? Well, I, I wanted to make sure you didn't take it down. It's I said, take nowhere. it
5: down. What are you talking about? We, anyway, We do need to is. update some of those, by the way.
3: Yes, we do. Well, we have some updates on the way. We're going to be hanging uh, Brown's great, Willie McGinnis' uh, Brown jersey <laughs> soon. Wow. <in> there. <laughs> and Sean O'Hara, another Brown's great, but his is going to have a mustard stain on it from his great <laughs> hot dog. Uh, he, he took a wiener into the uh, uh, stall three at halftime of a pro football game and ate it and spilled mustard on his shirt. So those will go up soon. Nice. In the meantime, here he comes, everybody a uh, a juicy 10 minute conversation and then more dynasty talk with these two here comes cliff Averill. dave all right listen oh, he's he's retired now everybody but he was concerned i have to tell you As he walked in here, his first order of business was to look at the digital wall of fame to see if his jersey still hung. I don't know. I don't know if I like this sort of skepticism out of you. Either way. Here he is. He is for all of time hanging there in the digital wall of fame here in Studio 66. Our pal Cliff Averill. How are you, man? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? I'm fine, but I don't know. I I say not as good as you because you're living the high life and everything else. And you are, I suppose, to the extent that now you go nicely from the Seattle Seahawks now neatly into Seattle radio on uh, KJR 950 starting in
1: July. Yes, sir. Ten to one. Ten to one. Please tune Perfect in. time slot. What? Yes, yes, I get to take my kids to school and pick them up, so that's a good job. Because <laughs> if you're, I mean, the
3: the the prized gig. Well, the two prizes are morning drive and afternoon drive. But yeah. the morning when you have to wake up at like four in the morning
1: and traffic is brutal. know so, don't want that. so I'm, I'm glad they didn't want me to do that.
3: And then seven o'clock, you're like, hey, I have tickets to go see the <laughs> Mariners. Like this is going to be tight now. You know, you don't exactly. want to have to deal with that. Now you got the perfect. This, this is your little hobby in the middle of the
1: day. Kind it, of. Thing. It worked out. It gives me a reason to leave the house when my wife thinks, uh, you know, she wants to kick me me out and then <laughs> but again like i said i get to take my kids to school and pick them up and take them to basketball practice and all that good stuff
3: excellent excellent well yes obviously your deeds in the past here in studio 66 earned you that jersey I, up on the up on the wall and are you surprised by some of the other names you see up there yeah I mean, are I you see, proud terrence I, newman
1: i see newman i see aj hawk i see calais that's that has to be a new addition
3: calais earned uh, his spot within the past uh, year or so i would say I Think uh, yeah, we got Malcolm Jenkins who we love. Uh, yeah, got some good players. Yeah player. Schwartz, Maurice Jones-Drew. I saw yeah. you skip right by. Wow. I did.
1: I did skip Drew. My, my bad, Maurice. Because why?
3: Oh, I thought maybe there was maybe
1: some. <laughs> no, bad no, blood there. no, no, never. He was one of the hardest running backs to tackle early on in my career. I would
3: think that that would make uh, that that would actually maybe carry over. Now that you might not <laughs> like him because I were listen. Maurice, it's funny. You bring people up to Maurice. They're like, I, I don't like that guy. Because
1: <laughs> he wasn't nice on the field. He, no, would he say. De- I wasn't he out there to he be not like. No, he definitely wasn't nice. He was a big bowling ball, just a big block of muscle and very, very hard to tackle. I bumped into him once, for real. <laughs> we were
3: playing two-on-two basketball, and I bumped hips with him, and I flew 38 rows
1: into, up I into the I believe it. I believe it. And guys that don't have a neck, for whatever reason, <laughs> makes it extremely harder to tackle, and he clearly doesn't have a neck. <laughs> what? I, that's a that's a fun conversation. Let's do that. <laughs> Hardest running back to tackle. Ooh. Your career is
3: complete. Yes. Who, as you look back now, win place show.
1: Now, is this just NFL or is
3: this all the way back it could to college? Be, it could be college. So, My, uh, AJ Hawk, the aforementioned one, I once said, Who's the toughest quarterback you've ever had to try to bring down? He said, "It At Penn State, bring him down. I was down- just
1: about to bring him up. I promise. No way. I was about to say, Mike Robb. I kid you Are you, you not. kidding me? I kid you not. Mike Robb was one of the hardest people to bring down as a quarterback, running back, whatever. He was a beast in college. <laughs> like when I seen him in the pros playing line, uh, fullback, how do you go from quarterback, but. I remember how tough of a player he was, and he was a beast, man. He was hard. He was one of the hardest people I've ever had to tackle.
3: Wow. How yes. about that? Ohio yes. State and Purdue agree on that. Penn State's Michael Robinson. Muscle tough to you, Mike Rob? Yeah, Mike,
1: Mike Rob was a beast, man, in college. Like, his highlights are crazy. Ah, wow. That's a
3: good one. Okay, so toughest running back to bring down.
1: Toughest running back that I've had to bring down? um, Probably be A.P. Adrian Peterson. I mm-hmm. played him year in and year out while I was in Detroit, and uh, you're not used to tackling people your size. <laughs> you know, you're not used to uh, tackling people that are 250 pounds, but also running. You know, 4-4. <laughs> you know what I mean, so he was definitely one of the hardest people to tackle. When you tackled him, you definitely felt it, and you definitely feel real story. What's
3: worse, trying to to grab you know Marshawn Lynch or LeGarrette Blunt or a super shifty guy? A Dalvin Cook. I'm trying to think who's the gold standard of smaller, shiftier guys.
1: Man, i tell you, uh, Shady. Shady is one difficult person to tackle. We played them two years ago at home, uh, and it was just subtle movements that he would do that just, for whatever reason, makes you recalculate the whole situation, and next thing you know, he's running by you. I would say he's probably one of the hardest guys that I've had to so tackle. So, A.P., Adrian A-P. Peterson, then Shady, too. Yep, yep, and then – this uh, is the win play show for Cliff who was, career. Now, uh, what's his name? God doggy. it. He played he was a fullback uh for uh, for the Jaguars. Um He played at Florida State. He he blocked for uh,
3: Oh yes, Maurice talks about that guy all the time as one of the toughest guys that he's another ever. Another
1: ball of him. muscle that yes. was extreme <laughs> that is extremely. I'm trying to the think tackle. of who that is, but yes, ah, yeah, He I, played at Florida State. I cannot he's slipping slip my mind right oh, now.
3: Oh yeah, Maurice goes on and on. Oh, he was a
1: beast. Guy. He was a beast.
3: Um and uh toughest quarterback to sack since we're on the subject.
1: Toughest quarterback um, Greg Jones. Greg is Jones, yes, Greg Jones. Monster. He was, well, he, that's a crazy list. N- is By the way, Shady McCoy passed
3: through, matriculated at Pittsburgh, Dave Damashek from Pittsburgh. Coincidence?
1: No. No,
3: it is a coincidence. <laughs> I, I have nothing to do with Shady McCoy's shifting. No, I had nothing to do with it.
1: None um so what greg jones is
3: that yes, greg jones is your number three hardest guy to tackle hardest uh, qb to sack
1: hardest qb to sack would be i would go with cam first cam mm-hmm. newton okay uh just so big and 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 fast. talk about
3: as big as you bigger than you
1: bigger than you um and let me tell you a story about him by the way we were playing them at home um uh, at no in in carolina And somehow he breaks out of the pocket I'm on the backside chasing him down This guy literally looks back at me And is laughing at me Knowing that I'm not going to catch him (laughs) Like he But I caught up with him But then he ended up running out of bounds But he literally Like for at least five yards He's just looking back at me laughing And then falls out of bounds I'm like only quarterbacks get away with stuff like that.
3: Did you go back into the huddle and say, "Did anybody just see what happened there?" Because that was embarrassing for me. No, I'm, no, a, I'm no. a pro football man. And no, no, no,
1: no, no. After the game, we we discussed it, but during the game, no, no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't bring that up. Mike B wouldn't let me live that down.
3: What is the most mem? Is that the most memorable play of your career?
1: Mm, no, most memorable play. Honestly, my most memorable play, I would say, right now. Uh, just thinking about it is the Super Bowl play it's not even in the stat book cuz there's no stat for it but I hit uh Peyton Manning's arm and he fluttered it up in the air and uh, Malcolm Smith caught it took it to the house
3: Super Bowl 48 the first half yes this is when the world was shocked <laughs> what do you so so di, so he does that do you go back to the sideline and say like hey uh you know, I know you got the, the glory there. You don't get it without your pal Cliff here.
1: No, he he definitely came up and and said thanks, man. I appreciate it. You know, um, he 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 brings it up till this day. Like, man, it's because of you I, I was able to get the the Super Bowl MVP. So.
3: You should say, well, yeah. If if that's the case, then you know, I think you got a little extra money for that. Maybe something half the little. truck or something. I don't right. know. <laughs> he, exactly right. He
1: didn't give me anything.
3: <laughs> what do you remember about uh, being out on the field uh, at the start of forty eight when the ball gets snapped over Peyton's head? What went through your head?
1: Oh, we we're, we're we're in their heads right now. Uh, Is that
3: I mean? Did you feel like that's sure. what it was about?
1: Yeah. Because one, it felt like a home game for us, so it was extremely loud. And um, he came. I I watched him come up, and then because I, I pay attention to the ball and the quarterback. As soon as I see the him come up, and the ball gets snapped, um, and I thought about the whole process. I by the way, I got the fastest scoring touchdown in Super Bowl history with that play that we just brought up. Is that true? Yes, true statement, like 20 seconds or something. Maybe 16 seconds, whatever it is. Somebody told me on Twitter. <laughs> the fa- the fastest score ever? First, fastest score in Super Bowl history.
3: That was faster than when uh, Hester returns to kickoff? Yes. It's a how long is
1: he slow, Devin Hester? But we got to realize we were on like the four-yard line. He tossed it over his head. All I had to do was tag, tag off on the, <laughs> on the running back. <laughs> Safety. So uh, I don't even remember the question. Just...
3: I love it I, because I love those memories from the big games. Yes. And how much, as far as that goes, not to be uh, bring up a sore subject, I've said to you before because I, I, I mean it, Cliff Averill doesn't get hurt in the second half of 49. You're back-to-back champs, so and we never hear about All any the of the stuff. <laughs> throwing on Russell Wilson throwing at the goal line. But um, does that stick in your craw more than the pleasure you get out of looking at the 48 ring?
1: Sometimes it's tough because – One is, I mean, two is better than one, obviously. So you think about what could have happened. If we win that Super Bowl, I think we probably would have won another one within the next, within the two years that went by. Really? Yes.
3: Because people are now buying into, they know they're a part of something special, so they're willing to maybe even give a hometown discount to continue to be on this ride? Well, I don't know about the hometown (laughs) discount (laughs) stuff.
1: But I do think that, you know, the team would have bought in more into what Coach Carroll was saying instead of, you know, going the opposite way of, hey, this is what we thought we – this is what we thought the, the the foundation of the team was, and that's not what happened in that in that particular play. So I think guys started kind of questioning him a little more, more hmm. so than actually following his lead if we would have won that Super Bowl.
3: Boy, that's, in, that's interesting, and it makes perfect sense that it would be, but they did their best to try and shift responsibility, although Pete Carroll did, to his credit, own that. He didn't let Bevel wear it entirely. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, I mean, but he, the situation but it, sucked regardless of who took, who took the blame. <laughs> you know, it, it's just the fact that we were so close and we weren't able to get it. So I think a lot of guys got turned off by the message. I don't want to belabor it,
3: but so so now we're in the <laughs> subject, here.
1: That's interesting.
3: And I we can talk about the twenty eighteen Seahawks, but I don't want to take away your talking pain the summertime. <laughs> You're gonna get it. to do a lot of that coming up here yeah. already. People are gonna be fixated on it as it is. Um in that moment though, when you see I mean, I guess you don't have time to engage your your defensive teammates, but mm-hmm. are you thinking the the curse catch, are you thinking like what? What just because as you As you guys are standing on the sideline, surely you think, "Well, we're going to lose this game now."
1: So I wasn't actually even on the field. Oh,
3: you're undressed and in the locker room at that. Because
1: so in the Super Bowl, once you get hurt or you go back into the locker room, you can't come back outside. So I'm watching the game. I'm watching the game, you know, on a TV. But there's like a seven-second delay, so I'm watching this game and I'm like, "Oh, we're about to pull this thing off." You can hear the crowd going crazy or whatever, Mm -hmm. and like I said, it's a seven-second delay. So I see the curses catch. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're in. And then I think of Marshawn. They gave Marshawn the ball. I'm like, oh, we're definitely winning this. And I hear the crowd go crazy. But then literally like a second later, I see guys running into the locker room crying and mad. I'm like, wait up. This doesn't match what I think is about to happen. You know, I'm I'm watching my guys come in and and I'm watching this game and it's two different – Vibes or whatever, and the next thing I see the play, I'm like, oh my gosh, we really just lost this thing.
3: So, in the seven seconds, so you hear the roar of the crowd, and you think, did we, I think we just won the
1: game? Yes, yes,
3: I, and then people are running in weeping, and you're what? Yes. These, those don't look like happy no, tears,
1: exactly. No, guys were hot. I mean, guys are punching lockers, throwing stuff down, like just heated because of the situation. And like I said, once I realized, okay, those weren't happy tears, and I seen the play. I, I was in awe because I mean it was it was just crazy it was a heck of a emotional roller coaster.
3: Wow, man, that's a fascinating little <laughs> detail there, and what a weird, unique
1: that's viewing we- experience for you. Yeah, I definitely had the the, the weirdest experience out of that whole. See, thing.
3: that's the kind of frank talk that if you do that on the air, you're going to be a massive hit. We expect that you will be um, up it. there in Seattle, and I'm sure you'll uh, also get opportunities nationally yes. uh, with that kind of insight. That's that's the flashpoint for the Seahawks. That one play. It's fascinating stuff, and how we would regard the page. Patriots and Tom Brady, if that goes your way, That's how true. we would talk about the Se- the Seahawks would be. I'm not trying to, <laughs> but you know that. I mean, obviously, we would be talking about who's the best of the 21st century. Paid, well, maybe the Seahawks. They're in the conversation. That's how we would talk about. Well, them. at least the defense. <laughs> at
1: least the defense is is in that conversation. Now the team, of course. I'm telling Marshawn <laughs> said that. Oh, and Marshawn. The team, uh, The defense and him. and Marshawn. Marshawn hung out with the defensive players because he understood how we actually work together. If he runs the ball. Well defense gets the rest And we get the ball as quick as possible, and same thing over and over.
3: Wow. That was some good insights there. All right, Cliff Averill. See, not enough time as you know, here. <laughs> Never enough time. See, but maybe if you wouldn't have spent so much time looking to make sure your jersey's up there, <laughs> what am I, not, I'm a man of dishonor? <laughs>
1: hey, I, would, I, I just had to check, man. It's been a couple months since I've been here. I had to make sure. And and when the season starts, I want to see if you, if it's still up there. That's the, that's the real question. I
3: guarantee you. You know what we should do now that you're retired? I find this a fascinating detail, pro football players. Of course, you've been playing through the Big Ten years. Into, mm-hmm. You probably have never been to a tailgate party. Let's fix I that haven't. this fall. Let's
1: do that this autumn. Let's do it.
3: A nice tailgate party for pro football guys.
1: Let's do it. That'd, that'd be fun.
3: Last question. Kyrie Irving's in the news. I asked Brian Urlacher this a number of years
1: ago. <laughs> you don't want the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl, right? I would love for the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl. You'd like them to win without you? Uh, uh long, no, long as nobody's wearing 56. <laughs> Okay, no
3: 56. <laughs> you can hoist the Lombardi. Okay, good. I, I think that's fair. I think Seahawks fans will sign off on that. Best wishes to you again, KJR 950. One of the great uh, guys to listen to and kibitz with about pro football and the game of life. Cliff Averill. Thanks, thanks for having me. There he is, fifty-six. Cliff Averill. like we say, best wishes to him up in Seattle as sure. he hits the airwaves. If he keeps on talking that kind of stuff, it's uh, at least going to get a lot of attention. That's for sure. Yep. Um, Cole Wright, you talked about this on Monday's Total Access yep. with James Jones and David Carr. Anything uh, emerge from that conversation? I mean, about
4: it? And nothing out of, the, out of the out of the realm of possibility. And when you think about, you know, just uh, him not having the grasp of that locker room, Pete Carroll after that play. You know, I, I think that, you know, James and David, I think they you know, somewhat agreed that you they could see how guys lost a, a, a little bit of spark when it came to Pete Carroll. But, you know, that, that's the way you end a season. And when you end a season and that's the last play, I mean, I think that, you know, you're always going to have, you know, that, that second guessing nature about yourself. That's just human nature. I mean, I th- if, if guys always sit and have the, the time to dwell on, well, what would have happened if this happened or what would happen if that happened? And when you have, you know, three, four months to sit there and just kick that around in your brain, I mean, that, that. That's tough. I mean, that's not easy for anyone. I, w- I wouldn't think it would be. I mean, you know, I-, I lost a state championship back in 1996, and if you know someone would have made a, a scoop here or a pick there, and you know, we would have been state champions. today.
3: I wonder. Yeah. I mean, you talk about who's to blame.
4: Jason no. Worth. Really. Jason Worth. Yeah, we lost to Jason Worth. Really. How dare he.
3: I wonder about – yeah, like we were talking about, it's those singular moments that Scott Norwood won mm. flying wide right. If that just – you know, I mean, I have nightmares oh, about my teams. The, the You know, the one little play that if that play had gone this yep. way, it's interesting because ESPN and Barstool and uh, Bleacher Report and – um, a number of others, I guess, picked up on this Cliff Averill remark and uh, spun the DDFP noise for the universe to hear. Spaghetti—that must have been an especially big thrill to see Barstool picked it up for you. I was happy
2: for I, you. I mean, that was like one of the later ones. I saw it earlier on uh, ESPN Pro Football Talk. Mike Florio picked it up. A couple of the Mixed sites. Make boys always Coley, got our back. Yeah, we Coley appreciate that. And back, and they posted it. Uh, yeah, that was it, was it. Was great. Then finally, our work's getting you know recognized by a bunch of different outlets. What so.
5: seems to be the finally loss, Eddie? What, what happened? At last, I'm saying. I was oh, yeah, no, you. I think it's a great clip. And, yeah.
2: I, I mean, it, it's – its I mean, players – Bruce Irvin even, like, quote tweeted and wrote, like, facts or something like that. A bunch of players picked it up on it, so. Hmm.
3: It's interesting. I, I mean, obviously no one in the locker room currently is going to say, yes, I agree with those yeah. guys. Earl Thomas isn't going to say that probably. <laughs> I wonder, though. That would be <laughs> great. I wonder – <laughs> It, well, listen, somebody should ask Earl Thomas. Somebody should get in the ear of guys from that defense. It's funny because the comments that have emerged off of that, everybody knows everything, and a lot of the fans have said, well, that's just the defense being uh, pre-Madonna's. They shouldn't have blown the uh, the double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. What else, Spaghetti?
2: I think the, the weirdest comments I've been seeing now is years later, people think that the throw was the right call. They're so, like, you're in a scenario where you, the defense guesses run – and you got to throw on second down because you're forced to throwing on third down and then fourth down you got to go with the safe play and run it with Marshawn. And I think people's brains are just all screwed up. Like I you, do you, like I you do pound like the people. Rock three times. Right, it. I love
3: yeah. I love people. I do love people. Like in fact, it was the appropriate call <laughs> given the defensive scheme thrown at them. They reacted to it in the right way. Like no, Who, listen, who's stopping Lynch? Lynch three times. No. Well, right. as I've said, uh, as I've said uh, a million times, and I'll say for the million and first. You run the ball on second down there. First of all, he makes hay down to the one on the first carry. On the second down, now you put the pressure on. First of all, the Patriots rightly maybe should have called a timeout there, but they don't. Okay, now on second down, you run it again. Now you force the Patriots to use a time there. timeout there and you exactly. have a timeout. The thing that ruined it for Pete Carroll and company was burning if you go back and watch that sequence leading up to that. The yep. wheel route by Marshawn Lynch that gets him, you know, a, a nice chunk. Then the Javon Kurz. At some, I'm trying to think where it occurs, but they burn a the timeout needlessly. That's where they, they jammed themselves up. And so they only had the one, and so they wanted to hold on to it. But either way, you run on second down. If you need to call a timeout or not, you, you use it there. But you go with – so there are roughly 15-ish seconds left in the Super Bowl going into third down. You throw it there. If you don't score – fourth and goal
5: from the one
3: with eight seconds left the greatest with, moment in Super Bowl history With Marshawn
5: Lynch in the backfield right and he let's assume on on uh if you run it on second down he's gonna be a little bit closer
3: well and also the other thing it ignores is the other thing it ignores we can get clever years after the fact about what they should have done there if you wanted to use Marshawn as some sort of a decoy in that moment, which I don't necessarily smile on. But, of course, it wasn't, uh, you know, Tom Brady or Peyton Manning back there. It was Russell Wilson. You run a bootleg there. You run some play action to to Marshawn and, and then roll uh, Russell out to the right. He either runs it in or flips an easy touchdown to whoever. What? That particular play was a strange call. Look at Cole
4: Wright. It, it, sounds, yeah. it sounds so much easier said than done. Mm. Like, you just be able to say okay why didn't he call this play that's what they should have done but in the heat of the moment especially when you're you know you feet to the flames at the biggest stage of the world all right well, Super Bowl Super Bowl Sunday I mean look I mean look at the commercial field prices. general
3: seeds control to the general general <sighs> and Pete Carroll is that general so if he screwed that up and if the pressure got to him then perhaps the Seahawks are right in doubting him going forward I right?
4: mean I don't know if this necessarily the pressure got to him I just think that he he outsmarted himself. Yes, that's that's what it was. He said, "You know what? We do have these extra plays still in our back pocket. You know, if we go with this one and it doesn't work, we still have more plays that and, we can run Marshawn with, and, and he's definitely going to get in from there. He's not he's not thinking in this tight of coverage. Someone's going to be able to stick that close and be able to turn this get this turnover and get get it going the Patriots way. I don't think that that's what he envisioned happening." And that's exactly what happened. And he and- outsmarted himself. Because we, we, if you watch and listen to the audio from that play, he's watching and he's, he's chewing his gum. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's like, no! It's like you could tell. That that's not how he drew that one up in the dirt. Right. Not, he did, not at his all. His
3: face is kind of like, you could just about see his ter- face turn red, like, yeah. oh, well, that was a mistake, and this yeah. is going to be amazing. I'm going to hear about <laughs> this. <laughs>
5: this like like, 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 is like the last
3: Ra- we've heard of this. It's Who's like going to
5: push back on him as well? Like, Russell Wilson's not going to be the guy to say, hey, uh, what, Pete, can, we've got Marshawn Lynch in the backfield. Maybe we, like, I get the chance to win the Super Bowl. See, I think everyone, and man, that for me, yeah, sure. Marshawn right. Lynch got back at him with that
3: smile, that wry smile as he walked off the field, like, should have run it there, coach.
5: I mean, I
4: think after the fact that it, it doesn't you know, materialize, I think a lot of guys realize, okay, that was the wrong call. But it, it had it you know, worked out, then everyone would have been fine. What everyone would see? have been on board. And it's always if the if, ifs and buts were candy and nuts. We know that.
3: And that's why, but, that's why
4: dynasties
3: are so rare, because little things like that thanks. can can, uh, can flip the mm-hmm. script on you. If they have two in a row, it's not as simple a conversation that the Patriots are the greatest team of the 21st century, bar none. We would be talking about, well, the Seahawks beat them head-to-head. Head. They won two straight, even if Cliff Averill's wrong and they never win another yeah. one. But let's say they do continue to play at another level. But if they have two in a row, it's like, well, who's better? Who would you rather be, the Seahawks of the 21st century or the Patriots? Because, of course, you take one Lamar. Barty away from Brady and company, if the Seahawks get and them, and things
5: change as well. If you win that second Super Bowl, you've got players that probably want to stick around, free sure. agents that want to stick around. Yep. Maybe don't cash in. You know, there's there's all kinds of reasons that that they make. Well, Cliff Avril
3: said. Well, he said no, no hometown discount.
5: Right. But any, but anyway,
3: uh, you see, we're not invested in this. Well, maybe I don't want the Patriots to win Lombardi's because I like for the Steelers to have the most. But ever. but still, we're not we're not emotionally invested in that game. And look at how it drives us crazy. Imagine if you're a well, Seahawks was, fan yeah. or a Seahawks player at that.
5: It was, I mean, it, it, it's it's one in a in a run of great Super Bowls, but it was one that came at a sort of drought time where we hadn't had anything quite that good, mm. and then suddenly that showed up.
3: One of the great Super Bowls of all time. Hey, here's something great too: Cal Ripken's streak. One of the great things that's ever happened in uh, in my lifetime in second sport. second well, most
4: unbreakable record in baseball
3: versus the. Let me guess what you're going to say. It's go. You're going to say the 56 game hit streak.
4: That's the third most unbreakable.
3: I think that couldn't be. I think somebody could
4: do that. Someone one. could break that one. Yeah.
3: Who, what, so wait, what is Ricky it? Ricky
4: Henderson stolen bases. Ah. Fourteen hundred and six yeah. stolen bases.
3: Yeah, but maybe you're maybe no you a prisoner has a thousand. of the moment. Maybe you're a prisoner of the moment just because everybody stopped stealing bases in the last twenty years. How do you know it's not going to come back in a hundred?
4: I don't know. You, you you have to steal. I think it's like seventy-two point two bases for twenty years. Is that right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, Ricky Henderson. No one even has 1,000. Right. Doesn't Cy Young have, like, 511 not That's not, not modern-day.
4: Modern-day right. records. Right. I guess I should have put an asterisk yeah. by the conversation. But, I mean, that's when guys, like, no had, like, extra around. jobs. Yeah. Like, they were, yeah. like, they worked as the mailmen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they oh. delivered meat. They were <laughs> like, glad Sam the brought- Butcher has got a game on Friday. Hold on.
3: Sam the Butcher bringing Alice <laughs> like yeah. the Yeah. Flintstone <laughs> driving around with bald feet. <laughs> yeah. See?
4: Little beasties, actually.
3: Hey, Cole Wright. See, I'm glad you mentioned that because what I, you know, I don't like – the recency bias, of course, a lot of youngsters fall, uh, fall prey to that. Mm-hmm. The olds fall into this thing of lionizing these teams and, and, and ignoring the facts of the moment. Yeah. You reference, well, this uh, Golden State team has a long way to go till they catch the Celtics. I assume you're talking about the Bill Russell Celtics, right?
4: Yeah, and the Larry Bird, but they they had they had Hall of, what, five Hall of Famers. Well, on they
3: Those were Larry best Bird in the eighties, the yeah, Lakers they were, got they over them. They him. were nice. Showtime over. I mean, I I yeah. liked the Celtics more than the Lakers when I was growing up. But sure. as it is, Magic over but Bird.
4: If you want to talk about dynasties, Bill Russell Celtics. I mean, no, ten, ten rings. No for Bill Russell
3: eight <laughs> teams in the league, two playoff <laughs> rounds. So he's got a long way to go to overcome what Bill Russell did. He already has overcome it. He went through three teams already. He, Bill Russell to get his rings had to win two rounds against bum teams against <laughs> my <laughs> forefather against
4: my my against my guys uh, who shot uh, for, uh, granny shots from the free throw line yeah <laughs> my yeah
3: my my uncle Saul defended Bill Russell in the sixty five final
4: game though Saul yeah <laughs> <It's> all damage <laughs> what he, he lacked shot. in
3: natural ability yeah. can, he uh, overcame with heart and desire yeah. um, hey. Uh, Oh, great news. I was saying about Cal Ripken. Always a thrill to hear from uh, one of our favorite producers, Kent Brown's mom in Pittsburgh, PA. She calls in with these missives to leave him updates on what's happening on TV all the time. He makes us the beneficiary of those by forwarding them to us. We appreciate it. Here it is, Kent Brown's mom on the 1995 Cal Ripken baseball game.
5: Hey, guess what I was just watching? I just caught the tail end of it, but the game isn't over yet. There's a game from September 1st, I think it said 1995, and they were honoring Cal Ripken, so it must have been his last game. And all these signs, two one three one, So he must have had 2,131 hits, I don't know. But his whole family and everybody was there. It was beautiful now that they're going to do the rest of the game. It's on their channel called Stadium And uh they
3: show a lot of different uh, MLB baseball or something. Oh, it's so touching. All right. Bye. Well was that last It's line? touching. Oh, it's a a- touching. Beautiful <laughs> so, moment. Just suddenly washed over right. Oh, it's touching. All right. I like bye. the fact That's that
5: she Pittsburgh says Gags the game's yet. not over yet. Yeah. It was from September 1st, 1995, but the game's not over yet.
3: 2,131 or something hits. Yeah, uh really. Kent Brown's mom the best uh go see her in wilmerding she uh she frequents-
5: seamlessly she's got a live we show have, we should well we should have she a should have a live show something. she should just just Ken,
3: uh, yes yeah. just take out the week of uh, like the TV just guys. Flicking,
5: no just flicking between channels oh that would be love great that. wouldn't it she just you commentary. Know, she just starts- can just commentary?
3: History, oh, look at this. 30, I'd yeah. watch that show. Yeah. I would as well. I would definitely watch that. Hey, here's a weird uh, thing that um, I came downstairs this morning mm-hmm. um, in my home and uh, Football Baby, you know, I think people know him as, as Football Baby. He's now, uh, he's coming up on being four years old. And uh, as I approached him, the couch uh, f- facing the TV, I approached him from behind and I could see him sitting there watching. Uh, uh, Baseball, Carl Ripken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, Dad! A great voicemail. <laughs> yeah. 2,131, and how come you give me this Pittsburgh accent? We live in Los Angeles, dude. What Kind of jag is you, dude. No. As I approached him, I saw him watching. And as I got, uh, as I went up behind him, uh, I saw that um, that he was wearing his uh, jammy shirt, but was completely nude underneath, like mm-hmm. Winnie oh. the Pooh, uh, just watching TV, having having a morning, uh, you know, breakfast bar, watching a show, nude. And uh, it leads me to this. Handsome, who do you think here in Studio 66, uh, the DDFP gang, who do you think spends the most time within their four walls nude and who spends the least amount of time that way?
5: Um, I think it's you that spends the most time. You think I you, you, think you talk I like... about a lot, but I th- actually a sneaky pick would be Eddie. Eddie I spaghetti. could see Eddie doing quite a lot of nudity at home and being – I just worry about like um, you know marks on on furniture and stuff like that.
3: Oh, I thought you were saying Mark Brady our boss. No, not Mark Brady. I would be Definitely surprised if he would be, walking he would be around I was going to
5: say Emma was last, but actually Mark Brady is. is you think at least so? Last. I don't know. I don't about think that. Emma spends a lot of time nude at home. I mean, outside of the times when you would be nude. Spaghetti, your thoughts.
2: I uh no, I'm a big you, you make fun of me for. Her. I'm a big tank top like gym shorts guy. That's my that's as like nude as it gets pre like shower. For. I don't uh, I'm very self-conscious. I have a, I have a fugazi thyroid. I'm not really happy with, with my situation. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> What? What are you?
5: You should be saying. very happy, Eddie. Uh, you've got a lot going on.
2: I appreciate it, but I'm just—I'm hard on myself, and I'm just very—no, uh, I rather oh. tank tops. Fine. That's it's what tank top gym shorts. She didn't say.
3: I don't know, but all right, Cole. Right, your thoughts.
4: You know, I don't—I don't—I don't know. I'm not a big. Uh, walking around the house nude guy? You're not a nude guy. No, not at all. I have a, I have a six-year-old daughter, so it's not really... Yeah. I really want to be stumbling <laughs> me, me into too. her anytime
3: soon. <laughs> yeah. I know families that do not... The the, the inclusion well, of young children does not disrupt their nudity. Most of them are in Europe, if you've ever been. Oh, oh that's one. a right. shot at handsome That is, people. yeah. Is that oh. true,
5: handsome? No, it's. I mean, it is true. There's a lot of nudity. More nudity is acceptable. See, that my, my issue is in Europe, you can... Go to the beach, not as an yes. adult. I mean, you can as an adult, but as kids, Children. pretty much all the time uh, are running around. There's nine-year-olds. The There's nothing wrong with that. When I was in Barbados,
4: nine-year-old kids from, from France, what it sounded like. and, and from I think and nine is, running, is the upper around. level
5: of, of beach nudity. That, You're old that, enough to feel ashamed right.
4: or embarrassed about it. Well, but it's good that desire. you don't. You might want to cover it done. on up.
5: Is that, but um, so but here that's you, frowned upon a lot. You like, believe if, you, if your kids are nude on the beach, people will tell you yeah, hey, you should clothe that three-year-old. I don't think that, I think that's wrong.
3: Your continental roots then say that America paradoxically, a even bit though we prudish. like to say we're free, we're we're You're definitely than anyone not else. free, you are definitely not free. We're we're puritanical about. Nudity. You are
5: very puritanical about a lot of things, especially huh. nudity.
3: Nudity number
5: one. Yeah. No, not even number one.
3: I imagine that. So by that, if I can apply the transitive property, then um, the suntan lotion makers in Europe that you use more suntan lotion True. than we do because you, you need have to, extra cover area to cover those bits, and some
5: of those bits can be more sensitive to sunlight than than other bits. I, that I, see the sun more
3: often. I would I, think that that is a anu- yeah. So you would think you really as a want caring, to
5: slap it on there
3: as a ca- as a caring parent. You would think you would say like you know listen.
5: I want you
3: to experience true freedom. However, <laughs> yep. a let's, burn on your bottom.
4: Does he sound right, like Benny Hill's mom?
5: <laughs> yeah, let's let's make sure those Handsome. buns are well covered Handsome. up. <laughs>
3: Henry, I know your mates all are in the nude, but <laughs> I don't want you to have a tomato red bottom at school tomorrow. It hurts. I feel like
4: Good. if you're a child, and you can speak in full sentences then you don't need to be walking around nude at a beach. That's a good standard. I you don't I need to be walking around nude at a
5: that. beach. I don't agree I think you can. You can ask to put on a certain
4: television show or you can ask for your favorite food when you go to a restaurant. Mm. You don't need to be walking around nude at a beach. If
5: you feel, if you you can definitely say I don't want to be nude at the beach but if you don't feel self-conscious about it, I think the longer the children can be um, can be innocent and free and, and happy to walk on the beach nude then they should be alive.
4: My, my mom put me in a Speedo to go to the, the, See, local, that's bad. the local pool when I was like. You Either five or six and I, it honestly felt like I was walking around
5: but that, they're naked. very constricting I don't like a speedo I don't understand why anyone would choose to wear a speedo that's helps another you, choice helps you cut by... through the water well yeah but I mean like, let's assume you don't need to cut through the water. your Euro friends all... love
3: that look. I don't yeah. know very many Americans if any in 2018 who choose a speedo. <laughs> They're
5: all from Europe. Yeah. What would happen if you turned up showed up on the beach here in a speedo? What would people would people be upset? I'm down for a well, speedo we'll be bet. You get I'm... laughed
3: at though. You get laughed, you get laughed at. I'm You're... down for a speedo bet.
5: Maybe I see that
4: one. of one entire of the, day at the beach one of, the, the
5: last, the last thing on <laughs> on our uh, on our rundown here is what should our DDFP summer version of the pie off be? Maybe it should be the Speedo, a speedo off. A Speedo off.
2: Ooh, wow, we I'm are.
3: Not, I'm not taking part in that. <laughs> one.
5: Eddie will be right there with his with his fugazi thyroid. Yeah, guy. my metabolism
2: slow. It's not <laughs> good because the thyroid's metabolism and I'm, it's slow. What I'm is? It, what hey, is I'm it?
3: ashamed of what I got. Uh, yeah, I means, don't know it why, why I
2: said too much already. No, I don't care. <laughs> I also have, like... So you're up for it. I, I you want to do this. I also have two other roommates, too, so that's reason another reason why I don't... Yeah, but, yeah. Let's speedo, all agree for, for Thursday. Sure, yeah.
5: Let's let's agree for Thursday. We show uh, up and do content. the whole show in the speedo. anything
4: Speedos.
2: Anything for content.
4: Nobody <laughs> wants to see that.
2: I want to do... Speaking
3: no, of what... Nobody um, wants to
4: see any of us in Speedos.
3: What, uh, Emmy, uh, what uh, Emmy... What Emmy... Uh, what Emma has here on the... Uh, On the rundown, or whether it's spaghetti or MVP, um, what should the DDFP summer version of pie off be? Yeah, we were thinking about, uh, you know, past champion, uh, Tara or Tara Deeker, both, right, suggested doing a uh, a pie off for summer. Why wait until Thanksgiving? Let's do it twice. I said, Well, that's what we're not going to do. Yeah, it 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 takes time, it's (laughs) not a special. So I said, well, it's Memorial Day coming. Now it's coming, gone, like something around picnics. That's what happened. So well, let- so then I said, like, mac and cheese or whatever. So, you know, who can make the best wiener, whatever. But then uh, she rightly pointed out, well, you don't want people showing up with hot plates on the day of. You don't want something that's going to require a hundred of our coworkers to have to plug something in to reheat their thing. Well, you know. So um, right now, I think we're thinking about cookies. What do you think about anything that any – any pastry that fits in your pocket, hmm. you
5: know that's. I don't the know. Standard. I think. I think. I think. I uh, what I'd like to see is it's messy. A sa- like your special. I didn't say you have
3: to bring it in your pocket. The point is that that's <laughs> like, the measure. Hold on a second. I've got a. I've got a cheese tart right that's here. That's a different comp. That's a yeah. different one. Yeah. Yes.
5: How about your specialty sandwich? Like if you're at home sandwich. and you've okay. just got stuff that you would find in your own fridge. Okay. So not you can't go outside the realms of buying in octopus from Croatia or something. Oh. Why?
3: I don't want it. Why would you? Well, have, just like
5: a, a, a sandwich. A like sandwich. Your, In fact, what we should do is stock a fridge with normal sandwich type things and then give everyone 30 minutes. Like, to make like it. chopped. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Meat, barbie Filet. Yeah, something like that. Hmm. All right. Or not. No, no, no. I mean, I'm if, you writing roots, a sandwich off. if you go to the roots of if you go to the like roots of what that. the pie off is about, it was originally we it was originally intended to be a way for Dave to eat a lot of things that he likes. That was yeah. the original intention, right? In theory, to if you wanted to replicate this for the summer, everyone should bring you a bottle of rosé and you should just drink them all. They all have to be cold sandwiches, though. If there's a sandwich off.
3: Yeah, yes, I mean, I well, we did talk about the drinks thing too, handsome. Yeah, and then Cole rightly points out, then yeah, this that you'd have to have cold sandwiches, then right? I guess everyone cold no, sandwiches could, are
4: good, but I mean, you'd like to have a maybe a toast on your a bread. meatball, a yeah, yeah, meatball know. sub is hard yep. to beat. You want to melt the cheese? Mm-hmm. Wonder if any of our colleagues can put together
3: a halfway decent shawarma. Oh, nothing like that, handsome. Mm, that's that's one thing Europe has. Uh, Europe Europe has on us, although one thing in in Los <laughs> Angeles. I want okay. You're you're the one who doesn't like England compared to what? the U.S. Well, I mean you don't like anything that the England has to offer over the U.S. Really? Well, you I like mean, our football you, better than your that's football.
5: That's it. Right? That's it. Anything else you can think of? Um, I just want to make sure I don't get um you know excommunicated. Our food is better than your food right i wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily
3: you wouldn't say that the us as a, on
5: the whole i mean has better the, food the, than has, what the uk has the us has appropriated foods from other countries I, well that's not the debate the debate is who has better food Well, but now the uk has appropriated the same foods from other countries and does it the same way so okay. i don't, wouldn't say necessarily Well, i don't know that i haven't been there
3: in a while what i will say Maybe about you should europe think is, about doing that you know what i you know what i have done i have gone to uh some of these beaches in europe and you always think in your in, in your mind, you, you, it runs free about uh, uh, optimal circumstances. Oh, it's oh, nu- there's nudity at that beach. There's toplessness at the beach. Ooh, that'll be great. Let's yeah, go there, fellas. No. And then you go there, and then really grim nice reality stuff. slaps you in the face. Like, oh yes, I forgot what ninety-seven percent of the population looks like. Right. Yeah.
5: <laughs> That's you. You But you you are famously you don't like any. I mean, even even toe nudity is no. is an issue for you is is that tr- that's like the beach you can make an exception there what do you when the you beach go-
3: i can get away with but what i really don't like now and this is a sad uh, look into my life is uh is really when i go to like uh a pool or i went to last summer with the we, we, we took the kids to uh one of those great wolf lodges which is mm. great all the water, you know, yeah. water park mm-hmm. indoors sure though. And as soon as you walk in, the heat, that oh, yeah, humidity, that, that smell, that yeah. smell smacks you in the uh. face, and it's great. It, that's nauseating by itself. Yeah. But then you realize the whole thing is just wet floor, yeah, the, and in, everyone's running around pools, on wet uh... feet. And I, I, I walked in there, and I was like, "We're here for forty-eight hours." And I mean, I just, I, I must bury deep within my soul, mm-hmm. I must bury my nausea because I cannot. I, I mean, I just, I, you know, it was mixed results, but just like. You're standing like in line to get on something. Yeah, you're waiting in line. Oh, but the person in front of you, just like you take us, then they move forward in the line. Then your feet have to go where their feet is. Yeah. Where there's, ah, there's nothing worse. Thinking than about it makes me want to You don't that wear aqua socks.
5: Yeah, the look of – exactly. The look of – like you keep posting pictures or being sent pictures of people who have their feet out in planes or airports oh. or restaurants or whatever, but there's actually nothing worse than those – Wet, warm, wrinkled feet—you know, like when people's feet have been in in water for too Please long. That's disgusting. Yeah.
3: Please oh, stop.
5: Let looks it. like a dead body. Get, I'm done a, with this conversation.
3: I'm over the conversation.
5: What do you wear on the beach, though, Dave? What would that you know, when? Pop- if I found you on the beach, what would you be wearing? A wear Europe so or so. the U.S.? I wear
3: a big onesie. A yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, like Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm trying to be considerate of my fellow man. <laughs> man. No one wants to see that, you know. <laughs> No one wants to have to deal with that. But look forward to Thursday, the all Speedo edition of the (laughs) DGFV. In the meantime, great thanks to the great Cliff Averill. Make sure you check him out with his upcoming radio show in Seattle. The great Cole Wright. Watch him on Total Access and beyond. And Sirius uh, NFL.
4: That's right. Channel 88. 88. Mm, That's right.
3: 88. Channel 88 with the great Cole Wright. Check him out. Uh, And then uh, Handsome Hank. If you come to Culver City and knock around NFL campus, (laughs) you may may run into him.
5: He's the one throwing the football
3: with his left. He says he has the best arm in the house. You know what? Cole Wright, David Carr, and Handsome Hank in a throw-off. Let's do it. it.
0: Whatever. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.